Good morning, Hillside. Welcome to Online Church. I am so glad that you're just taking a few moments uh, with me uh, today. Though you couldn't be with us in person on Sunday morning, aren't you grateful for technology and being able to connect with us online? Well, I've got a couple highlights I just want to share with you. Uh, The first is you'll see a link above um, to our youth ministry, hillsidechurch.us forward slash forward slash youth is how you can get there. And I'm so excited about what uh, Grace and Corey are doing in the lives uh, and with our teens. And so I wanna give them a shout out, of course, for their tremendous leadership. Also wanna let you know that uh, beginning in just a couple weeks, we're gonna be having our youth meeting on Wednesday evenings from 6.30 to 8 p.m. If your teens have already been a part of things, well, it's just going to look the same way. Incredible time of encouragement, connection, and then a relevant um, message um, to encourage them and really equip them in their faith. So be sure if you're interested, check up the link above. You can, uh, it'll lead you to our website. Also, I want to remind you, you can stay connected with us through our connection card, hillsidechurch.us forward slash connect as well as you can stay generous with your tithes and with your offering, hillsidechurch.us forward slash give. All right, well today I'm going to take a few moments and uh, continue our Genesis series. Today we're going to look at the life of Noah and a particular part of the life of Noah and really a larger theme throughout the book of Genesis and that is this theme of legacy, L-E-G-A-C-Y. Legacy. You know, each of us has a legacy that we uh, were given. Uh, In fact, the definition for legacy is uh, really anything and everything that's been passed on or given to us from a predecessor. And so there are things we have received from family, maybe grandparents, even great-grandparents. Somewhere down the line, we received that. Now, When it comes to legacy, it's something different than an inheritance. If you've ever received an inheritance, you know that that is a material possession. It's something physical that is given, um, whether it's something you can hold in your hand or like a home or financial uh, or otherwise, it's, it's something tangible. Legacy is a little bit different. Legacy has to do with our inner life. It's something that's passed down. Um, Sometimes it's emotional, um, as we'll talk about today. Spiritual can be the same way. And you see in the book of Genesis, some cycles begin to take place in humans, in the way they treat one another, the way they treat their own family. In some cases, deception is a legacy that gets passed down. Um, Different sin cycles begin to get passed down. Well, Noah was a recipient of a pretty incredible legacy. And I wanna highlight his legacy and then share three things on how to cultivate a legacy. Because I don't just want to highlight for you what you received. I want to encourage you and equip you to be mindful, to be prayerful, to be intentional with the legacy that you're leaving behind. And this isn't just for um, parents or grandparents or great-grandparents. This is for every single one of us. It's the influence that we have on others. It's, It's the legacy 
the experience they have with us. And so whether it's a short window of time or a large window of time, you know, as Christ followers, we're called to live as every day matters. Every moment counts. And so um, with a little bit of that inspiration, I want to take some time and share um, from today's message. So if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 6 is really where we'll be. We'll spend a few moments together. Genesis chapter 5 is um, the, the line, the lineage of Adam and Eve, and uh, specifically the, the, the lineage through their son Seth. So right, we know there was Cain, we know there was Abel, and then their third son was Seth. And Noah is in the line of Seth. But let me set the stage as to Noah's arrival. I know we're going to kick around legacy, but Noah is brought to us as one who is blameless before God, one who lives a life of integrity, one that um, has found favor with God because of his righteousness and the way he lives. He is counter-cultural. And as I was studying and looking at this, Noah wasn't just some strange anomaly. He wasn't a one-off. It's actually because of the legacy that was passed on to him that we can see that he was somebody set apart, that he was a spiritual man, and that he honored God with his obedience and with his faith. And so, setting the stage, humanity's reached a low point. In fact, Scripture says in Genesis 6, verse 5, it says, the, law, the Lord, the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I'll wipe mankind out, whom I've created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground, birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. And here's verse 8, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9, it shows us where or why he found favor. Verse 9 says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. It was a relationship with God, a pure a close, a longing to do what was righteous. And you may be in that boat. You may feel like a one-off. You may be like, man, I'm looking at culture right now and I'm the only person in my workplace that's praying, that's loving God, that's doing their best to honor Him with their bodies and with their mind and with their words and their actions. I want you to take heart from Noah and know that you may feel alone, but here's the good news. You're not alone, but trust God to do what He's called you to do. And trust God to be faithful in your life and through your life. So, we look at this three theme as legacy. Today, I really wanted to make it portable for you. I didn't want to overcomplicate it. I want to keep it real simple for you. And I want to talk about how legacies are passed. How you can give or leave a legacy behind. Now, keep in mind, we're not talking about an inheritance, right? Uh, inheritance is, is different. We're talking about a legacy. We're talking about the inner life passing along to the next generation or to another person. Or if you're going to change jobs in the future, the legacy right, that you left behind. It's what people would remember you by, what they would speak about. 
It's the life you live. And so as we think about that and um, just really wanting to make it, like I said, portable for you today, I've got three, three things. Say it, live it, pray it. Say it, live it, pray it. Three simple things on how a legacy is passed. Say it, it's spoken. Live it. You model it. And then pray it. It's a culmination of our trust and our dependence upon God. We are a praying people. Not just a praying church, but as Christ followers, we're a praying people. We know that our words are vital. We know that the model of our life is vital. But we also know that our prayers have power. And that we need God's blessing. We need His touch on our words and on our actions. So let's take a quick moment and think about and look at, say it. Well, something unique about Noah's life in Genesis chapter 6, from his lineage, from his own father, Lamech, Lamech spoke. Lamech declared words over Noah. And he spoke what we would call words of life, words of hope, and words of truth. Lamech says, now this isn't in Genesis 6, this is in Genesis 5. He named him Noah and said, He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. Now that is Genesis 5 verse 29 may seem small and insignificant. But nothing is smaller and significant when it comes to the scriptures and the patterns and the direction it lays out for us. One of the unique things about Noah's life is, I want you to think about this, part of his generational blessing, part of the, part of the legacy he received was a father who spoke identity and life over him. Now we read it in one verse, right? It's something simple, something small, just a few seconds it takes to read that. But we can see by how Noah's life was marked, how he kept himself pure, righteous, how he lived within God's parameters and obeyed God with his life, that that reaped a harvest of favor over his life and over the life of his family. It literally saved him, if you will. His legacy that he received saved him in the midst of earth's darkest days. But it was one that was spoken. It was words that were spoken. I want to encourage you, Proverbs 18.21, where we think about saying our legacy. I want you to tell you, I want to just encourage you, Proverbs 18.21 says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Be curious and be cautious about the words you're speaking. Yes to your spouse, yes to your children, yes to your grandchildren. Be careful about the words that you're speaking. Scripture says our words are significant. We don't want to be haphazard or casual. There's been seasons I've been haphazard or casual. But I want to encourage you, be highly intentional to be a life speaker. To speak words of hope. You know, one of my favorite things to do, one of my hobbies is sports. It's athletics. I love interviews. I love hearing about athletes. And I even occasionally love to watch when they receive awards. Almost always they're giving thanks to a list of people. And you know, sometimes if you ever read one of their memoirs or autobiographies, they go into some deeper stories about their life. Many times there's a mom. Many times there's a grandma. 
who spoke destiny into them, who declared words of truth, words of hope, words of life. That's what I'm talking about. When we think of legacy, we're thinking about saying it and speaking it. You know, Noah didn't just arrive. You know, we don't read Genesis and think, oh, no, great, I want to be like him. Well, you do, but you also need to understand what he received. He received words of life, words of hope. I think about my own life. A few years ago, my parents were very, uh, very good with their timing of things. After I had felt the personal call into ministry, my parents felt like the door was open to share some of the prophetic words in and over my life. And they shared about how even before I arrived, there was a uh, pastor, a local pastor. Now, this is in South Africa, a local pastor under the unction and power of the Holy Spirit spoke a word over my life. He had never met me. I've never met him to this day. He didn't even know who I was, didn't know my personality. But as he prayed and was in tune with the Spirit, through relationship, through being in a local church, my parents positioned themselves to, to get many of those sorts of blessings. Well, one of them was this word over my life, that I'd be someone who brings joy, and that I would be somebody to share the gospel, share the good news. And there were a few details to that, which I'll spare you the time of, but it marked me the moment my parents shared that with me. I was over 21, gone to college, already began walking in my calling. I knew my identity, but can I tell you, it was that spoken word, that spoken blessing that resonated in me. I also grew up in a home where my parents would speak words of destiny, speak words of life. Now. You're called to do that. Here's what's wild. You may look at your legacy and be like, man, I've got nothing but negativity. I've got nothing but doubt. Paul, you know, the, the last, the last thing I want to do is pass on the legacy I receive. Well, here's what's amazing. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament says that in Christ, we are a new creation. I believe that's true for us and for the lives of those around us. They get to encounter and receive a blessing and receive a legacy passed on because of who we are now in Christ. It's never too late to begin speaking words of life. You may look as a grandparent or a great-grandparent. You may look as even a parent feeling like, man, I, I wish I knew Jesus 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, because boy, I could have used this message. I could have used somebody telling me what to do or how to do it. And I wasted so many years, my children, our relationship's broken down. That may be you. I want to encourage you. It's never too late to start. You can start today with a text. Start today with an email, a little Facebook message, a little encouragement, and begin to reverse the curse of what you said. You can begin that. So legacy's passed on. It's saying it. It's saying it. You know your life has been marked by words people spoke over you. There's power in that. And we want to use it for the good, for the good of God. We want to be people like Noah's dad who saw their son and, and in prayer, hearing his name, declared a word of life, declared a promise, declared truth. We want to be people that pass that legacy on. But not only is it in speaking, right? Not only do we want to say it, we actually want to live it. You know, it's wild. We want to live. We want to model. Jesus isn't just known for his amazing and incredible teachings and his words, he modeled a life of relationship with the Father. He modeled in his ways, in, the, in how he treated, 
how he cared, how he sacrificed. Those are the intangibles. Those sometimes have even more weight. Our actions have even more weight than our words. You know, when it comes to legacy, I like to think of the legacy equation. Who you are is greater than what you know. Who you are is greater than what you know. When it comes to legacy and passing on, your kids, your friends, your workplace, they're not going to even remember what you know and think, wow, Paul, boy, he sure knew a lot. No, they're going to remember how I lived, what I modeled, how I served, cared, encouraged, spoke life, but also lived life. Pure, righteous, before the Lord, surrendered, submitted to Him, right? People are looking for that. People are looking for that as Christ followers. They're not just looking for us to know things. Anybody can quote a scripture, and I don't mean that in a rude way. Anybody can quote a scripture, but it takes a determined, intentional heart to live a scripture. Anybody can say, yeah, I love God, but it takes an intentional life to model that way of living. Jesus shows us the way, but I want you to see something in the life of Noah, who again is before us um, as we think. Noah's great-grandfather was a man by the name of Enoch. Enoch is one of two men in Scripture to never taste the sting of death. Enoch in chapter 5, verse 22, it says, or excuse me, verse 24, it says, Enoch walked with God. Remember what I said about Noah in Genesis 6? That Noah walked faithfully with God? Where did that come from? The legacy that Enoch, Enoch would have received it from his parents, from his great-grandparents on down the line. You'll see in the line of Seth, Noah's, or Adam and Eve's third son, you'll see that legacy of relationship with God. Enoch in verse 24, walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Original language doesn't say God took him out, right? doesn't say death happened. No, it said that God, if you will, swept him up into the heavens. It's the same you, if you're familiar with the life of Elijah. Elisha was also swept up into the heavens. One of two was Noah's great-grandfather. Isn't that remarkable to think about? That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about legacy and modeling a life. Enoch modeled a way of living where he was known for being close to God. I want you to think about your life. Are you modeling or are you just talking the talk but not walking the talk? I like to think of it in my own life. Man, I'm the age of our daughters, they're very, very influenced. And one of the things they'll say to me sometimes is, well, Dad, you do it. And that's like a check to my heart. It's a check to my mind. It's a reminder for how I'm living. Sometimes I'll call them out. Hey, we've got to eat more vegetables. Or, hey, don't, don't eat so much sugar. And they're like, well, Dad, you do it. And I'm like, ooh, you're right. Because when it comes down to every one of us, information, yeah, it's important. But transformation is the ultimate aim of discipleship. And transformation happens through modeling. Through not just saying we know about prayer, but modeling prayer. Not just saying we know about Jesus, but 
living a life that's bearing fruit. We forgive our enemies. We pray for people. We care for people. We sacrifice. We give. We live generous lives. That's where the rubber meets the road. And this third point, say it, live it. This last point is just pray it. When all is said and done, the responsibility is not only on us, but it's our lives partnering with God. Even more than pray it being number three, it really should be number one. There's ways and there's whispers from heaven that you need to hear on how to lead and serve the people around you, how to pass your legacy on. We need to weigh up the way we're talking, measure our words. We also need to weigh weigh up and, and think about how we're living, right? Are we living pure? Are we living holy? Are we living righteous? Do we honor? Do we sacrifice? Are we ones who will live and take the hit instead of defending ourselves? You know, we want to live out our faith, model the life of Christ. But really, what both of those hinge on is prayer, that relationship with God, that nearness to God. There are times He'll tell me, Paul, pull away. Let's pray. You need to pray about that. In fact, these 21 days, the Lord's been showing me just how much I do in my own strength. It's been quite convicting. Just how much I try to rush ahead and then ask God to bless it instead of waiting, being still and praying, and then following Him. When it comes to legacy, we've got to be people of prayer. People who pray over our marriages every day. If you're single, you're praying for your future spouse every day. But you're not just praying for them. You're praying, Lord, change my heart. Lord, prepare me. Amen? Right? When you're single for those married, you remember being single. Lord, prepare me. Prepare them for sure, but prepare me. Transform me. Because legacies leave an influence. I think about Noah. I think about the legacy. I think about humanity and how we were spared because of his righteousness, his faithfulness, his willingness to trust God and to walk closely with God. And then I reflect on his legacy and what a beautiful picture that is. And I want to really encourage you that it's not too late. I know I said that earlier. It's never too late to start a legacy, to start the line of influence in the lives of those around us. Man, take heart today. Trust God. Be somebody that speaks it, says it, lives it, and prays it. Amen. Lord, bless us. Thank you, God, for guiding us, leading us. No matter how young or old we are, Lord, may we draw near to you. May we consider our influence. And Father, I pray that you would guide us and lead us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, again, thanks for taking some time out today. Hear the message, be encouraged, and I so hope to see you in person this upcoming Sunday or one of these Sundays soon. God bless you. We'll talk soon.